Welcome to the ALUX.com podcast. The place where future billionaires come to get inspired. 50% of marriages end in divorce. At least, that's the number for poor middle class people. But once you cross the $250,000 per year in income, the rate drops to below 20%. Yes, rich people stay married more often. Now, maybe that's because they've got more to lose, but that isn't the whole story. It's the same with education. The more educated you are, the less likely you are to divorce. But the goal isn't to simply get married and not divorce each other. The goal is to become a power couple that thrives together. And that's exactly what we'll be breaking down by the end of this video. Here are 15 differences between a high value versus low value couple. Number one, difference in value. When it comes to high value couples, they're valuable on their own, but extremely valuable together. The couple is more valuable than the sum of the individuals because high-value couples have complementary skills. One takes care of one challenge while the other takes care of another. If a situation presents itself, they have the ability to get things done together. This allows them to accelerate progress, comfort, status, income, and fulfillment in life. High-value couples understand who they are individually and as a team. They have their own identities, and these identities are valuable on their own, but in different aspects of life. Low-value couples are almost abusive in terms of the dependency they have on one another. One of the members is parasitic in nature on the other, and we're not talking about just financial support alone. In low-value couples, only one demands while the other has to provide. Number two, the relationship isn't 50-50. Now, this might sound a bit controversial, but a relationship isn't supposed to be 50-50. It's supposed to be 100-100. One person gives 100% of their capacity and the other does the same. They're both aware of each other's responsibilities in the relationship. Whatever you do, do it fully. It takes a level of maturity to understand how a relationship works. In its rawest form, men don't want to be loved. They want to be respected. A man who isn't respected in his own household doesn't feel loved. For women, it's different. Women will often judge a man's love based on how much he's willing to sacrifice for her. For women, love is about effort. For men, love is about results. Low-value couples expect 100% from the other, but they don't reciprocate it. They're demanding without bringing anything of value to the couple outside of their body, and in a lot of cases, that's not even that great. High-value relationships aren't on and off all the time. They're serious. As a piece of life advice, don't be in a relationship with someone you're not going to marry. Sure, you can have fun, you can date, be in your let's-see-what's-out-there phase, but those are flings. Those are not relationships. When the time comes to be a couple, be focused on the long-term goal. Number three, they don't get bored and they stay attracted to each other. This is one of the biggest differences between high-value couples and low-value ones. You try your best, you get in shape, you present well, you date and you get together and become a couple. 
But what happens a year after marriage? You stop working out, you stop taking care of yourself, you become complacent. You take your partner for granted because, hey, you already bagged them, right? That is low-value couple mentality. It's almost like you scammed the other person into being with you and now that you've found security, you're finally showing your true colors. Look, high-value couples don't decrease because of comfort. High-value couples are better off mutually after becoming a couple. They support each other to become better. They go out of each other's way to make the other person stronger because they're your person. You know you're a low-value couple when every day feels the same. You do the same things, your life feels like you're on a treadmill, days go by and you're just not going anywhere. Number four, communication and course correction. How do they know you love them if you don't show it to them, if you don't discuss it, if they don't feel it through their senses? High-value couples are great communicators. They discuss everything. Whenever a situation arises, they deconstruct it, figure out what happened, rationalize it, find the root cause so they can make sure it'll never arise again, or at least they'll know how to treat it next time. This thing right here is what makes or breaks most relationships. If you don't have the ability or patience to work through what's causing the imbalance or pain in the relationship, you can't fix it. By now, you already know that low-value couples score low in emotional intelligence. They're unable to communicate what they feel, what the source is, or how to be empathetic with their partner. But a high-value partner takes time to process before reacting. You're not going to be an optimum family right out the gate, but as a couple, you have to show the ability to adapt and course correct. If you want to be interesting, be interested. Learn from one another and be able to make changes according to what gets you to where you want to be. If years go by and you're still dealing with the same issues, you're a low-value couple as you failed to overcome those obstacles. Number five, they're actively investing in each other's growth. They grow together in three respective verticals. He grows in his pursuits, she grows in her pursuits, they grow as a family. Or he and he, or she and she, or they and they, whatever the configuration, there is measurable growth as individuals and as a family unit. High-value couples never stop learning. They find growth opportunities for each other. They open doors for each other. High-value couples are playing the long game. Look, if you're going to spend the rest of your life with someone, you might as well make sure they're as valuable as they can become. Most people don't think about this, but the partner you choose in life is probably the most important choice you will ever make after the decision of where you live, as that usually determines who you're going to marry. But some of you already know that because you've downloaded the ALUX app. In it, there is a seven-day free experience where we go through the most valuable pieces of individual growth. Go to alux.com app and try the seven-day experience for free. You will make better choices immediately, and so will your partner if you share it with them. Choose your partner carefully as they will likely be there for the entire thing. You will go to bed with them. They will protect you when you need protection. They'll help to raise your children and build a legacy. 
They will know your most intimate secrets. They will take care of you when you're at your lowest. And all of this applies to both men and women. That's why the vows say for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. That's why high-value couples get married. They're committed to one another. At the other end of the spectrum, low-value couples have their luggage ready and a foot out the door. Low-value couples don't like it if their partner starts improving. They will even go as far as to try and sabotage their progress. And if they can't do it physically, a low-value person will cut the wings of their partner and damage them emotionally. They'll say you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. Who do you think you are trying to be more than you are? But all of that is out of fear that their partner will wake up and realize they can do better. People do a lot of messed up things when they're scared. Number six, you work through hard shit together and in private. Look, life is hard. That's a fact. There's gonna be hard times ahead that you'll need to deal with. You won't like it, but a high-value couple gets it done even when it's hard, while a low-value couple walks away. As with everything in life, there's a choice to be made. Maintaining a happy marriage is hard. Getting divorced is hard. Choose your hard. And the way you deal with it is nobody's business. For example, the decision to get a divorce is different for men than women and for low-value versus high-value couples. So let's do the gender part first. Women initiate 75% of divorces. Women are more sensitive to negative emotions than men are. They score higher in what's called trait neuroticism, meaning they feel more negative emotion per unit of stress. They get unhappy faster as the world is perceived as more dangerous. The main reason is that throughout history, women were the primary caregiver to infants. And if you behaved as if the world were more dangerous, your infant had a higher chance of survival. But this is why great communication is key. Your partner might be terribly unhappy when you think it's business as usual or are simply choosing to turn a blind eye. While low-value couples are loud in the public square, allowing their anger to rule the conversation, high-value couples look at the situation more objectively to see if the issue is solvable or not. Number seven, they are an asset to their network and community. High-value couples increase the market value of their neighborhood. Believe it or not, the house next to Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds costs more because they're the neighbors than if it did if a couple of dentists lived there. High-value couples are great contributors. They contribute to the education of the children around them. They contribute to the church. They contribute in any way they can. Money, time, expertise, political power. They have something of value that they can share with the group. They make it a priority to exercise their strengths to improve the community around them. The grass is greener where they live because they keep watering it and pulling out the weeds. While high-value couples give, low-value couples take. It's easy to see who the high-value couples are. Other couples organize around them and their schedule. They lead the pack. They set the trends. Number eight, they take pride in the person they're with and the life they've built together. High-value couples put each other on a pedestal. 
If you're with someone great, you want the world to see them because they're with you. High-value couples speak highly of their partner to everyone else. Your partner is a reflection of who you are. The brighter they shine, the brighter you shine as well. Only low-value couples trash talk their spouse, and it's stupid if you really think about it. High-value couples share the spotlight. A high-value couple wins as a couple, not as individuals, and most high-level individuals aspire one day to become a high-value couple because it's the next step of your evolution. When you're with someone great, you don't need to put it all at risk for some side action. There's this old saying that low-value people use to justify their infidelity. If you have $1,000 in your wallet and see a $5 bill on the ground, you're still gonna pick it up, right? But that's not how reality works. What if picking up that $5 bill would risk you losing the $1,000 already in your wallet? Look, you can't have it both ways. You can't have a loving family and still sleep around like crazy. Make your choices and be smart about it. Number nine, there is a long-term commitment or goal. The biggest difference between high-value and low-value couples is that high-value couples have a long-term goal that they're working towards together. Low-value couples' only goal is to make it to the weekend. When you have a big goal that's clear, understood, and shared by everyone, you can make sure that both of you are pulling your weight to get the family there. It gives you something to work toward, to build toward. Remember this. They're both motivated by their own ventures, but have a shared, mutual long-term vision. High-value couples aren't potentially high-value. They're high-value right now, not in the future. They behave like it now, in the present. High-value couples end up high-value because they ask each other for the commitment. They make a choice of what their future will be, and they proceed to make it a reality. Once the decision is made, they don't revisit it unless the fundamentals have changed. High-value couples match their state of readiness for a serious relationship. Number 10. Exceptional Earners with Exceptional Lifestyles It'll come as no surprise that high-value couples are high earners, but not just individually. We're talking family income per year. This is how it works out for the U.S. Adjust for your own country's level of income. Less than $50,000 is considered lower class. This couple will need government assistance if they want to raise kids. They will never own a home. 23% of U.S. households earn under $50,000 a year. From just an earnings perspective, these are low-value couples. $75,000 to $150,000 is considered middle class. They will have two kids, live in a modest home, and enjoy 1.5 holidays per year. $200,000 to $400,000, we have the upper middle class. You can afford to pay for your children's college or private school. You can probably live in the suburbs, enjoy comfort, but not in excess. Only 7% of the households in the U.S. earn in excess of $400,000 per year consistently. And this is where the high-value earning couples are. 
Above the $1 million per year mark, you enter into the top of the food chain. This is the rich class. You're in the top 0.01% of American households. These are the 1% of the 1%. One family out of 10,000 achieves this level of earnings. But don't be discouraged. Although yearly earnings are the main way to calculate a family's active value, there's a case to be made for wealth accrued by a family over time. As of 2020, there are 123.6 million households in the U.S. It might come as a shock to you, but 13.2 million households are worth over $1 million, not including their primary residence. That means that they own assets over a million. Over 10% of the U.S. households are millionaires. That's a good benchmark to see where you're at. Because of their level of income and wealth, these people enjoy a level of luxury beyond what you normally see. They can afford toys, the best education, the best health options, and as many holidays as they have time for. While high-level couples are holidaying in Rome, growing as individuals, low-value couples are drinking beer and watching sports through the summer. Number 11. Trust and Loyalty you are literally trusting this person with everything you have. You can't build an empire together if you're worried the other person is busy chasing attention. This is one of the common mistakes that women in low-value couples make. They believe great sex means you have a strong relationship, but that's not even close. Men don't fall in love through sex. They fall in love through trust and loyalty. High-value people don't have to worry about what the other person is doing. In a high-value relationship, you don't have to question if the kid is yours, if you know what I mean. Number 12. They forgive each other. Forgiveness comes in many forms, but that's one of the main reasons why high-value couples stay together more. They're able to forgive, learn, and move forward. Told you life is hard. But forgiveness isn't all there is to it. Once you say you forgive someone, you never bring it up again. You don't hold it over their heads. You don't remind them that you forgave them because that's not real forgiveness. You have to be very careful with trust as it's one of the most fragile bonds in a relationship. Once broken, it can be mended and put back together, but it will never be the same. Number 13. They don't try to fix the other person. High-value individuals don't treat their partners like a pet project. They're not a Tamagotchi. But this happens in low-value couples all the time. Usually, the woman picks the most broken man she can find because she believes she can change him, looking at it as a personal challenge. Men hate being changed and losing themselves in the process, even if that change is desperately needed. There's the persistent need to fix the other person to prove yourself that you're valuable and worthy of love. But realistically, it's just two emotionally damaged individuals dancing some kind of toxic tango. There's even a psychological theory to support this that says, we pick people who are similar to our primary caregiver. That's where the phrase, you marry someone like your mom or dad, comes from. But these people fill in the gaps left growing up. We'll give you an example. Let's say a girl named Sarah is the second of three children. Two siblings, a boy and a girl. 
the boy is his father's only son, so there's a special relationship there. The sister is the youngest of the three, so she's always been the baby. As the middle child Sarah grew up without dedicated attention, she looks for a partner with similar traits to her father, but that gives her all the attention to prove that she's special and worthy of love. By doing this, Sarah is actually mending her childhood wound. Now, this goes for both men and women, and it's supposed to apply to roughly two-thirds of the population overall. Number 14. Physical Intimacy High-value couples maintain a level of physical intimacy. Your partner still turns you on, and you can't wait to jump in the sheets. With high-value couples, the flame doesn't go away, because if that's missing, over time you end up living with just a friend, and there's a massive difference between companionship and a romantic relationship. Men have friends. Women have friends. They don't want to sleep next to their friends when nighttime comes, so don't allow your spouse to become just a friend. This is important for both parties. Men use the image of their perfect woman as motivation. When that's your wife, you constantly need to prove yourself as worthy. Women know that men want sex and their primal brain is asking for it. If he's not getting it from you, chances are he's getting it somewhere else because it's a biological desire. Like hunger, you can be fasting, but not if you constantly walk through a buffet. And that's exactly why monks live at the top of mountains surrounded by other men. Number 15. They care about their legacy as a couple. A high-value couple leaves behind a great legacy. Now, this might upset some people, but biologically speaking, your purpose in life is to survive, contribute to society, and leave children behind that will keep the chain going. That's basic evolution for you and has been genetically programmed into your DNA for millennia, which is why becoming high-value parents is part of the equation. But the thing is, the only people who can tell you if you did a great job as a parent are your children when they reach adulthood and are parents themselves. Low-value parents have a toxic relationship with their kids. They're dependent, controlling, pushy, manipulative, and as a child, you want to be as far away from them as possible. Sure, there are couples who choose to never have children, and we respect that decision, but there's a moral obligation for the higher-value couples to leave a legacy. And overpopulation really isn't a problem as the more civilization evolves, the fewer children are born. Your great-grandparents had so many kids because a good portion of them could die early and because there was also an incentive to have more helping hands on the family farm. But once you reach the middle class, you'd rather put all your efforts into one or two children and give them the best shot at life possible. The more attention a population receives, the higher the average IQ. And it all sounds good until you realize low-value couples are pumping out children left and right and do not have either the time or resources to develop these children to the full extent of their ability. Run the experiment long enough and you end up with the idiocracy movie in real life. These videos should inspire you to take your life a little more seriously and see how the choices you're making today are impacting your future. 
We know you're smart. You wouldn't be subscribed to our channel if you weren't. So it's time you join the conversation. In your opinion, what are some signs a couple is high or low value? Leave them in the comments section. We love hearing from you. And as for those still watching, you already know there's a bonus coming. You are peace. High value couples find peace in one another. Low value couples find chaos when coming home. Being with your partner should be a safe space. The moment that's somewhere else, you should start figuring out what's not working the way it should. Now, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for going with us through this educational experiment where we touched upon some things that aren't necessarily easy to hear, but they are valuable to know nonetheless. We wish all of you to find your peace, to grow from this experience, and live long and fulfilling lives. We're proud to call you Aluxers and to know that we're a part of your journey. If you're on your way to finding it, write the word peace in the comments. That way we know who's learning from these videos and who's only getting triggered. This was a great podcast today, wasn't it? Thank you for spending some time with us and taking another step toward improving the way you look at life. If you're hungry for more, you can always go to our website, alux.com, or subscribe to us on YouTube. The entire alux.com team wishes you a very productive day.